Thank you for tuning in to School Mental Health, Beacons of Hope, where we gather diverse perspectives on creating inclusive school communities to support students. This podcast is brought to you by Erica's Lighthouse and hosted by me, Brandon Combs, Executive Director. Our topic today is mental health education in diverse districts with Rachel Winston. Rachel is a district resource teacher for K-12 health education, physical education, driver's ed, and the junior ROTC, where she acts as a curriculum and content specialist for Brevard Public Schools in Florida. Rachel currently lives in Vieira, Florida with her husband, two teenage sons, and two rescue dogs. Good morning, Rachel. Thank you so much for joining me today. Good morning, Brandon. Thank you so much for having me. We're so thrilled. I know we have been strong partners of Brevard for the last two years, and we're so happy to to have that relationship and be able to offer resources, not only to your students, but also your educators and having some really challenging conversations in the classroom. So we're thrilled to um, join you as often as we can. Uh, Yeah, the partnership has been amazing. Uh, We're very grateful for working with Erica's Lighthouse. So thank you. No, thank you. So (laughs) I want to kick it off a little bit with an icebreaker question here and kind of see um, talking about health and wellness. Um, and certainly mental health is um, tied very closely to our physical health. So what is your favorite fruit? Oh, favorite fruit. So that's interesting question. Interesting icebreaker. So um, I am originally from New York. So when I was in New York, my favorite fruit was apples because we used to go fall apple picking. But since I've moved to Florida, I would have to say watermelon. Okay, good choice. I'm from Indiana. We have big watermelon <laughs> people in Indiana. So I'm with you on that one. So Definitely a favorite of mine too. So I would love to kind of have you give just a really brief overview of of you as an individual, um, and then a little bit about Brevard Schools and your role within the district. Absolutely. Um, So my name is Rachel Winston. Um, I am originally from New York. I taught in New York and New York City public schools for at a comprehensive high school um, in Queens for 12 years before moving to Florida. Um, When I moved to Florida, I came into my current position as the district resource teacher, which is a kind of curriculum specialist, content specialist role uh, at the district level. I've been here, um, this is my ninth year uh, in the city. I taught health and PE. I'm a certified physical educator. Um, I'm a trained health educator. And so down uh, down here in Brevard County, I oversee all of the curriculum and the content for health education, physical education. Um, and then I picked up driver ed and JROTC as areas of responsibility as well. So uh, it's been interesting. I am the co-chair of our district mental health, mental and emotional health education committee. And I'm the chairperson for our district school health advisory committee. Okay, so a little bit of a jack of all trades down there. <laughs> a little bit of, of some, yeah, it's 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 a wonderful experience. I love being down here. I love being able to serve our students and to take my experience and my knowledge from the classroom and be able to support teachers across grade levels. Um, I do work K-12, so I have uh, that broad range of grades, um, but to be able to, to go into our schools and support our teachers and our students, um, especially now in this area of mental health, has been um, has been such a privilege. Yeah, I th- it's interesting you you talk about kind of doing the whole K to twelve piece. When I had our podcast with uh, Jessica Lawrence, one of the things she really talked about was being sure that there is that continuum of of education and learning within health education from that K to twelve perspective. So I'm sure that gives you a new a new angle when you're thinking about it. So, 
Yeah, and I came out of a high school, so that that backwards, that top-down planning from where you want them to really graduate through kindergarten, um, it's helpful. And yeah. I, I really find it to be a good planning method. Yeah, wonderful, great. So I know Brevard um, has adopted a number of our programs relating to mental health education. Can you tell us, I know you, your school, I'm assuming through your mental health committee, really went through a pretty rigorous process and kind of determining what would be the right fit for your district when you're looking at different programs. Kind of, can you tell us a little bit about that process? Absolutely. So we have a very um, diverse committee, uh, our mental and emotional health education committee. So just to give folks a little bit of background, in 2019, the state of Florida actually enacted a state board rule that required five hours of instruction in mental and emotional health education with some very specific bullet points within it. Um, but our district said, you know, we really need kind of all hands on deck. And so myself as the lead health educator, um, this year, I have a co-chair. Her name is Dr. Janelle Ensign. She's one of our school psychologists. So her and I work in tandem. And it's really cool to work side by side with a true mental health professional um, where you get that expertise side and then my uh, my expertise in, in curriculum development and lesson writing. So we have other experts across the, across the district, across the field. We have our school counselors. We have other mental health professionals. We have experts in suicide. We have some experts in child trafficking. Um, we've got school social workers. We've got other folks who have uh, varying levels of expertise within um, the mental health field. And so all of us, um, when we sit down in work groups and we look to um, not only meet what we are required to do by the state, but meet what we feel the needs of our district are and what the needs of our students are. Um, we really try to find those programs and those lessons that are going to be the most impactful and the most meaningful for our students, as well as the ease of implementation for our teachers. As, as much as we feel like this, as, as much as we know that this is a huge need for our students and this kind of education is, is huge, um, if you're not a health educator, it can be uncomfortable. And so finding resources and programs that um, that take some of that uncomfortableness away. This was created by experts. This is an organization or this is a resource where they, um, it's evidence-based and it's research-based and they've, um, they've really got these pieces down and it's a little bit more scripted for some of our teachers who um, may not be comfortable um, providing this kind of instruction. And so across the state, it varies as to who teaches what and every school district's a little bit different, but I can tell you just from speaking to my colleagues from across the state, um, not everybody who teaches this content is a health educator. So having resources and programs like Erica's Lighthouse um, to give us those scripted lessons, those, you know, the differentiated videos, it's just been amazing because we know our students are getting the high quality content uh, and our teachers are comfortable presenting it because of the structure that it comes in. So those were the things we were looking for. Sorry. Okay, great. And one of the things that we love about partnering with you is that you really have um, embraced this kind of cross-collaboration uh, model and really leveraging not only our resources, of course, you're using other programming within your classrooms as well, but really looking at it a holistic perspective for your entire school community and not just as an ad hoc program to meet a mandate. Um, and that's really important for us. I mean, we certainly love it when schools are also using our program and we believe it helps. Um, but when they really are looking at it, that holistic school community perspective, um, we really believe that's when our programs shine. Yeah. 
definitely. We've gotten a lot of good um, student feedback and teacher feedback with with the way we've approached um, we've approached this as not again not just meeting it you know not just checking the box. We can't just check the box with this content. We have to we have to be conscious and be purposeful in the way that we provide and support the instruction for this. And I think a lot of the work that you were doing, um, looking back, was almost in a way very proactive as we approached the pandemic this past year. And we saw the student mental health challenges that were coming out of it. So I would love to kind of, you really were implementing a lot of the programming that you've been doing pre-pandemic. Um, how has that impacted your district's response this past school year to student mental health challenges? So actually, um, our, one of our directors in student services just came out uh, came over with some statistics for us. And, and I don't know the exact um, way that these were calculated, but what she brought to the committee was that they are seeing an increase in student self-referrals and student peer referrals. So the students are, they are understanding what some of those indicators are and they know who to go to for support and they're asking for support. And those are three huge pieces. So we have kids that know when they need help, they know who to go to for help. I mean, it's just that, so that I think speaks to, um, speaks to our work that we are able to give these students the information that they need to be able to ask for help for themselves or help for a friend um, and, and to be able to verbalize what they're feeling and recognize that they're not okay and, and what kind of help they might want. Yeah, that's fantastic. And that's absolutely the goal, of course, as you know, of skills-based health education and changing <laughs> those behaviors and being sure those skills are embedded within the lessons and that the kids are adapting and adopting them, which is great to hear. So you are in, and I know you hinted at this before with your committee, but you're also in a very diverse district, um, being that Florida school districts are county-based and not township-based or city-based. So how does that really impact your efforts towards diversity, equity, and inclusion when you're looking at your programs? So it's, that's a, it's, a, it's a very interesting and relevant question. So we follow a lot of, we really take a look at statistics and we look at uh, statewide statistics, we look at county statistics in terms of, um, you know, just health data, Florida charts a lot of data. We look at um, our school data with relationship to um, referrals and SRIs, which are suicide risk inquiries um, and some other things. And then we dive a little bit deeper into looking at what populations of students are asking for these things. We're also mindful of state and national statistics as it relates to um, support and resources for potential um, higher risk groups. So there are some um, racial and ethnic and gender groups that may be more prone to certain mental health issues. Um, there may be certain groups that are less prone to seek help. And we really try to, um, make sure that we watch those statistics so that if there's a spike or a drop, depending on what you're really looking for, we can address that in some of our curriculum. And we really try to present a diversified um, spectrum of who is represented in our lessons. We try to make sure that people of different ethnicities, diversities, backgrounds, um, ability levels, they're all, somewhat represented in our curriculum somewhere. And I always stand behind 
health is health is health. Good mental health is good mental health. And it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from. There are good mental health practices that everybody can stand behind and follow that will take you on a path to better well-being. And that is really the mantra that I go behind. You know, it doesn't matter if you're purple, green, whatever, you know, there are good health practices that everybody can benefit from. And so we anchor in that while monitoring who we need to make sure that we address if necessary and that our curriculum is diversified for the population that we serve. Well, you're speaking our language when it comes to every every <laughs> child deserves good mental health for sure. Um, and then as well, when you're talking about um, the importance of representation when we're looking at programs. And I think um, that's so key when we are looking at our diverse districts um, and being sure that, you know, a teen can really resonate with somebody that they're watching on the video or that they're learning about in their lesson plans. Um, and so that they are not siloed and they don't feel like, you know, this is somebody else's issue and nobody really gets me because that's a very angsty teenager vibe. So <laughs> Yeah, that was one of the things we really appreciated about your programming and the videos that you provide with was the diversity um, and the inclusiveness of the, the the students that were that were there, and that it was students. They were actual teens providing, telling their story. Um, I'll tell you a little funny story. So we had to make some modifications this year and how we delivered some of the instruction because of COVID and some things that were going on. And so we actually um, took some of some of your content and created a little video for it. And, and my son does a lot of work with um, TV production and things like that. And so he did a voiceover for us. And he's a 10th he's a, a grader. He's in high school. So he's actually participating in the lessons as well. So the lesson that he, that he did based on the Erica's Lighthouse pro program, um, he got a text in the middle of a lesson from a student in another class who was a friend. And it said, thank you for sharing your story. And he had to say, mm. You know, it really is this other kid's story, but the fact that this kid appreciated that it was another kid. Yeah. Um, and so that teen perspective, that that teen willingness to share their story with others is so powerful. And it's not just an adult talking to the kid. So that that was something that really resonated um, with, with a, a lot of our middle schoolers when we showed the middle schoolers, the high schoolers when we used the high school video. And then even when we make sure that we use those because your program is so student centered and student focused to make sure we continue that student teen voice, even in just some voiceovers. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is really true when we're um, talking about that empowerment piece that you spoke about earlier, that advocacy piece of teens, um, you know, helping their friends um, or feeling comfortable coming forward on their own. Um, that takes empowerment. Um, and that can be really incredibly challenging with stigma to kind of acknowledge that somebody may be struggling or to come forward and, you know, tattle on a friend potentially if that friend is struggling and to figure out what that looks like too. Um, so we're very aware of that. And I think that empowerment piece across not only our programs, but so many others that are out there that are phenomenal and are doing that work is really vital and important. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's been a huge uh, benefit for us is that empowerment piece. Great, great. The last one I have for you is kind of just a, how can we be better? Um, so what can we do or organizations like Erica's Lighthouse or us um, to better support districts like yours kind of as we move forward with these efforts and continue to expand the role that schools are going to continue to play within mental health? Um, 
So, you know, the support and the lessons and the resources, just kind of keep them coming. I love the fact that, that um, Erica's Lighthouse and other organizations were able to shift when we needed to shift to remote instruction, um, to just listen, uh, when to say, what are your needs? What's working? What's not working? What can we fix? Uh, the the grace and space to be able to make some modifications based on our needs has been wonderful. Um, you know, to try to work with an organization that was that says, no, this is our program and this is how you have to do it and it must be done a certain way. Uh, that's very difficult to really do a one size fits all. So when we call and we talk to staff and, and they're there to support, they're like, oh, absolutely. You know, go ahead and make those modifications and do what you need to do to make it work for your school and and however you're providing this instruction, because we have um, we have found ways to provide instruction in education that we never thought possible, and and having having you all be able to shift with us uh, when we came back this year and we saw some of those those hybrid friendly and different lessons, I was like, oh yes, that like oh you already heard us before we even talked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that that's really having having that support and the flexibility is great. And then also continuing to roll with us as we move and understand, okay, you know, we we can't just use this program once, like how do we then continue to support as they move through middle school, as they move through high school. And, and you know, we don't wanna sit there and go, oh, we just, we did this last year, we're doing this again. No, we're gonna have it a little different this year and still um, continuing to progress as our students progress. So I think just that that continued support and that the progression in continuing to move forward together with with meeting the needs of our, our students across the country, whether they be in Florida or anywhere else, um, I think that's, that's gonna be key that the partnership. Yeah, well, and I think it's important. Our ed team says it all the time, but you as boots on the ground know your students certainly better than we do. Um, and you certainly need to have that flexibility to be sure that you're reaching them in an effective ma manner. Because um, we're not up here in Chicago, we can't dictate what you're doing down there or what your kids need most. So that's ultimately your call and we're happy to continue to be a resource um, to be sure that your teens feel heard and seen and as they are feeling empowered to come forward if they're struggling, which is ultimately what we want, so. Absolutely. So we're also hoping that maybe some of them get inspired to go into the mental health field to be able to, to be that support person for somebody who they knew was struggling. Yeah, we so. certainly need more of it. That's for sure. So whether it's in schools or in the communities, we need some more mental health supports um, out there, even if it's just a, a, a peer um, or a friend willing to listen and kind of feeling empowered to be a hand if that's what it takes. But Rachel, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today. Um, we will definitely be in touch and continue the partnership as we move forward. Um, but if you need anything in the meantime, please stay in touch and we are a continued asset to you in Brevard County. Thank you so much, Brandon. This has been so much fun. Have a great one. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. Please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. For more information about Erica's Lighthouse, please visit ericaslighthouse.org. If you have any ideas, suggestions for future topics, or are looking for more information about our programs, please contact me at brandon at ericaslighthouse.org. Have a great day.